I'm really excited about today's episode. I love talking about money and budgeting. I love setting goals, making plans, and today's episode talks all about it, specifically the day-to-day budgeting, quarterly overviews, a yearly recap of last year's spending, savings accounts, and sinking funds. I usually leave the heavy stuff like our investments and retirement accounts to my husband and our accountant. That's just not my wheelhouse. But if you're interested in learning the day-to-day budgeting, you are in the right spot. You're listening to episode 105 of The Raw and the Cooked. I'm your host, Tara Boxer, and today we're going to talk all about a 2024 budget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Raw and the Cooked, a weekly podcast that provides simple routines around the home, plus raw and honest book reviews. My name is Dara. I'm a Midwestern stay-at-home mom to three young kids, and I thrive on simplicity. So the best place to start when drafting up a new year budget is to begin with our yearly recap from the last 12 months. And I really, really hope you've been tracking your spending this last year. And if you haven't, it's never too late to start, right? Like there's a quote, I think it's like a year from now, you'll thank yourself for starting today. So if you have not been tracking your spending and what you're spending your money on, I really, really recommend starting right now. It is never too late. And good job proud of applause if you have been tracking your spending. So um, it's just a small and simple daily habit that I just, again, really recommend because the first step in controlling your money is to track it and see where it's currently going. And so I like to break down our yearly recap um, into three main categories, our fixed expenses, our variable expenses, and our sinking funds. And I think we all know the difference between fixed and variable expenses, right? Like the fixed expenses are bills that come in every month and that are more or less the same, like the mortgage, life insurance, kids' school tuition, um, right? These are the bills that are on auto pay. These are the bills that you really don't have to think about. Um, And for things like water or electricity that fluctuate depending on the season of the year, year, I like to budget out a 12-month average um, and give a little bit of a buffer, right, because (laughs) inflation, and treat it just like a fixed bill. So just for reference, like our gas bill has been as high as $550 in February and as low as $35 in July. And so after tracking it for several years now, I know that if I budget around $200 a month, I will be covered every month because I won't be spending the full 200 in the summer. I will simply let that balance roll over the next month. And then when the winter hits and the bills are north of $200, there should be a ton of cushion from the summertime to cover the balance. Like, does that make any sense? And I do the same for electricity too, because again, it varies um, pretty drastically depending on summer or winter. And while technically uh, the utility bills such as these are technically variable expenses, um, we'll talk about that in a moment, these are bills that like absolutely need to be paid and I want to ensure that they are budgeted for first and foremost, right? It's like bills, your food, things like that. And so then we're going to move into variable living expenses. And those are things like groceries, gas for the car, household supplies, like toilet paper and cleaning supplies. And looking at our 12 months worth of data, um, again, I like to give myself a budget similar to how I do this for the variable expenses, like my utility bills. Um, So I will get a good idea of how much I spend in each respective category and sort of go from there. 
And finally, our sinking funds. I, You know I love sinking funds. I have an entire episode, episode number 32, about sinking funds. But anyway, as your children grow, as you add a new baby or whatever your family's needs are just going to fluctuate and grow with time. And so now at the end of the year, um, if you're listening to this in real time, we're currently at the end of the year in December, now is really an excellent time to see what you might not need to carry over into 2024, or maybe there are a few things that you're going to have to add because you're anticipating new expenses or a new category. And so bills and living expenses usually stay the same more or less, I would say. It's really your sinking fund categories that'll shift most from year to year. So that's where you'll want to pay attention. It's also important to think about items that don't necessarily occur every month, but you still need to plan and prepare for like a category for medical expenses, co-pays, emergency trips to urgent care, et cetera. Right. Or how about other bills that hit biannually? Maybe your car insurance is a bit large. It's like maybe a $500 payment twice a year or updating your car's registration every couple of years. Right. Like, do you have any upcoming events this year that will require a sinking fund? Like maybe a family wedding that you'll have to travel to or a vacation or you know what whatever it, it might be and so that brings me to my next point which is to trim the fat on your budget so looking at your numbers from your yearly overview what can you cut out of your annual or monthly expenses right is it maybe a gym membership that you've only used twice a year or a streaming service that you barely use or maybe you can actually mow your own lawn and save you know every other week. Like where can you cut things out without sacrificing too much of your lifestyle? Um, We, uh, my family, we have a lot of memberships to a, a bunch of different museums and children's places around the city. And after analyzing how often we went um, and what I was anticipating for the upcoming year, I decided not to renew a handful of them um, for 2024. And so again, just like really looking over like what you're spending on an annual basis, um, bi-annually, maybe it's every other month, right? Like really looking at your numbers and giving it a very honest like overview of it, I think will help you. And again, like just treat this with a non-judgmental eye. We're just, it's just numbers. It's just money. There's no reason to attach guilt or shame to it. They're just numbers. Okay. So here are some fun things to work towards and prioritize in 2024. Okay. So we're going to talk about two things that are not super fun. Number one, debt and number two, an emergency fund. So let's start with debt um, because debt is just, it's absolutely no fun and should be paid off as soon as possible. Um, A mortgage is considered good debt, but it's not really, right? Um, Student loans are awful. um, And also your goal should be to pay them off as soon as possible. And credit card debt is literally the devil and you should absolutely never hold a balance on your credit card. Um, I I feel like interest rates on credit cards are like over 24%. It is insane. Pay it off in full every single month. Never, never, never carry a balance. You are throwing and burning money. A a good rule of thumb is that if you cannot afford to pay for something in cash right now, you cannot afford it, period. And you cannot build wealth if you're in debt. Get out of debt. That should be a top priority in 2024. We'll come back to debt in a bit, but let's just move on um, to 
the emergency funds, which of course is always a good thing to have. Um, even just a small emergency fund of a few thousand dollars, right? A blown tire, a broken dishwasher, an unexpected trip to urgent care, life happens, things happen. And the last thing you want is to have to put an emergency on a credit card because you don't have like $1,800 in cash to cover it. Start small, aim for a baby emergency fund of a thousand dollars, because again, that cushion will make a huge difference when you actually need it. So those are the two not so fun things, um, the two items that should be a priority in 2024, debt and building up an emergency fund. And there are a few different theories on which you should focus on first. On one hand, paying off debt saves you a lot of money and interest, especially credit card debt. Um, and But on the other hand, not having a safety net of that $1,000 emergency fund could set you back and put you into further debt when you encounter an unexpected expense. So it really depends on your personal situation. Um, and I know for a lot of people, it's not realistic to like pay off their entire mortgage in one calendar year, um, or even like pay off like hundreds of thousands of dollars in student debt. But if you do have credit card debt, that should be your goal. Get rid of it by the time 2025 rolls around. Um, so I think that's kind of what I'm focusing on mostly is like credit card debt or like any store cards or whatever, not necessarily mortgage or student loans. Although that is a really good goal to have is to get like to be totally, totally debt-free. Okay. So anyway, for those with lots of little debts, like maybe a $500 card balance here, $2,000 there, I strongly recommend the snowball method, which is um, a four-step process. So number one, you're going to list out your debts from smallest to largest. doesn't matter about the interest rate. We're just talking about the balance. Step two is make minimum payments on all of the debts that you have, except for the very smallest. Step number three, pay as much as possible every month on your smallest debt. Step number four is, re is to repeat until each debt is paid in full. So let's say you have like five different little credit card balances. Um, you are going to make minimum payments on four of them, pay absolutely the most that you possibly can um, on one. And then like once that's paid off, then you're going to roll that balance into uh, debt number two, then three, then four, and then five. And it's just kind of like a really good motivational way to like tackle your debt. Okay, so let's circle back to our baby emergency fund, which um, I strongly believe in high yield savings accounts um, for like liquid cash. I really cannot recommend them enough. We have a handful of high yield savings accounts with Capital One, and they currently pay 4.3 APY compared to less than 1% if it was simply just sitting in a regular checking or just a regular bank savings accounts. Um, so look for, I, I don't even know, just I'm sure there are some good deals out there if you do not already have a high yield savings account, I recommend it because if your money is just going to sit there anyway, um, in cash, like you might as well make a little bit of interest off of it as opposed to it just like sitting at the bank. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it. And then some fun things that we can do. I wanted to talk about a spending freeze. I have talked about it before, but I also wanted to remind you that January is an excellent time to go on a spending freeze. So obviously keep paying your bills. You're going to buy groceries. You're going to put gas in your car. A spending freeze is 
about per- not purchasing anything that's not essential. So like no new pairs of shoes, no dining out, no takeout coffee, no new toys for the kids, no impulse purchases on Amazon, right? We're going to use it up, wear it out or do without. I strongly believe that most people get really burnt out from so much consuming between Halloween through New Year's Eve. And so January really is a truly perfect time to go on a spending freeze. Um, maybe even plan one for each quarter, right? They're just fun challenges. Like how much money can you save and motivate yourself by giving yourself the why, right? Like with the money that you're not spending on anything, not essential. Can you finally get ahead of that debt? Can you top up your emergency fund? Can you top up all of your sinking funds? Um, so will you guys join me this year? I am going on a spending freeze the entire month of January. Um, I am not purchasing anything that is not an essential item for my home. And for me, I know that come spring and summertime, I like to go crazy with herb gardens. I like to buy fresh sand for the sandbox for the kids. Um, I like to get new water toys, like just really do it up. And it would be nice to have, you know, a couple of hundred dollars just sitting there ready to go. Right. Um, so here are some ideas, not only for the spending freeze, but also for all of 2024 and to really think about your money and all of your purchases. So the first three are kitchen related. And of course you guys know what I'm going to say. It's meal planning. So under your variable expenses, your largest category is probably going to be groceries, um, or dine and, and, or dining out. So just eat at home meal plan. It's going to save you so much. It is so much better for you. So really take the time to shop for and cook for your own food. Um, eating out has just gotten so expensive. Go back and listen to episodes number 36 and number 78 to help you a better meal plan. Uh, my second food related tip for saving money is to not have food waste because piggybacking off of meal planning is to eliminate food waste. Food waste is literally a waste of money. Eat what you have, cook your food before it goes bad and eat the food you've cooked before that goes bad. You could always throw something in the freezer for next week or next month. If you can't get around to eating it that before it goes bad, right? Just stop wasting food. You are literally throwing out money. If you, if you have food waste and the last kitchen item is takeout coffee because coffee shops are getting expensive. My husband and I occasionally have a coffee date since he works very close to our house and it's really fun. Um, but even like my simple medium sized lattes are now north of $6 for coffee and steamed milk. It's insane. So we just like, uh, occasionally we will have that coffee date and that's fine, but all of our other coffee is brewed at home because my goodness. Okay. So other things to think about, uh, maybe purchasing secondhand. Um, I'm a big believer in secondhand purchases. It's a fraction of the price and you can find really great items, especially for kid clothing. Um, for online, I really love Poshmark or Macari. Um, if I know exactly what I'm looking for, goodbye gear is also a really good place for pre-owned baby items. Um, so that's another great resource. Um, again, if you know exactly what you're looking for, um, but in person, if you're kind of like looking to browse or whatever, I think little local consignment shops, um, that are everywhere. They're just a really great place to shop for very inexpensive pre-owned kid clothing. And it's also a really good place to sell items that your kids have grown out of. Um, so I personally don't have Facebook and I can't access Facebook marketplace, but obviously that's an excellent resource to buy and sell items. Um, though I do use Nextdoor and have sold a lot of items there. So I'm, you know, excited about that. 
Okay. So next recommendation is to have a designated shopping day. And I think that's a really fantastic idea to give yourself. Like shopping day is when you designate a certain date to do, let's say like all of your shopping, um, all of your errands or whatever. Um, maybe, maybe like, let's say your shopping days are like Sunday and Wednesday. So you run your errands and everything you're purchasing for yourself, your house, whatever, um, on Sundays. And then Wednesdays are like your Amazon purchases and online orders, right? Like have a running list. Let's say you order stuff. I don't know. I'm just going to use Amazon because it's pretty universal. I feel like at this point, unfortunately. Um, so every once in a while, my husband will be like, Oh, like we need blah, blah, blah. Or my kids will be like, I want blah, blah, blah. So I just, uh, open it up. I like search for what we're looking for or have a list or whatever it may be. And then when I'm ready, um, usually I find myself, um, doing my online ordering on Tuesdays. I will, go ahead, look at the list and be like, Oh, you know what? Like we don't need that anymore. Or like, "Mm, I don't know. We thought about it for like the five days it's been sitting on the list. And like, it doesn't, I don't think we need that. Or like, Oh, we actually have this that can substitute for that. So it's just a good way as opposed to just like impulsively just buying and getting like random packages, like every day of the week is to really like sit down, have your list. And like that way you get to think about it more than just like the immediate, um, you know, dopamine hit of like ordering something like right meow. So yeah, that's kind of shopping days. So I try to get all of our groceries, anything that we'll need for the week, um, on Sundays. And then I do our online orders for anything else, um, on Tuesdays. And I like really try very, very, very hard to just have like two days a week for shopping days. So yeah, that's kind of like a fun little thing. Um, try it, you know, try it, see, see what you think. And then lastly is to really, uh, really sit down and, um, drill yourself to doing, uh, the daily habit of tracking your spending. What are you spending? How much, how often, like every morning I like to sit down, log our transactions, reconcile our accounts. And for me, this is how I stay on top of our money. Um, And that also includes a monthly overview, just seeing how well I did for what I wanted to spend versus what we didn't spend here or we overspent there. How can we do better in which category, et cetera. Um, Every quarter, I go ahead and open up our investments and retirement um, statements, and I track how much money we made in interest or how much money we lost because the market is terrible right now. Um, But it's just um, a good idea once a quarter to get in the habit of just kind of like looking at the big picture, like what's the net worth, how much do we have left on the mortgage, like whatever. And yeah, that's kind of just a good, clean, easy, healthy way to stay on top of your money. Because, you know, if you don't have a plan for your money, it just has this really fun way of disappearing and you feeling totally out of control and like you have no idea what what is happening. And there are so many other fun goals you can have and set for yourself with your money. But I think if you do have credit card debt, I think your number one goal should be to get out of credit card debt this upcoming year. And number two is really ensuring that you have not only a baby emergency fund for like little things, but also that like six to 12 month emergency fund where you have six to 12 months worth of income stashed away in either, um, high yield savings account or like invested where you can't access it regularly. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of all I have for you. 
episodes number 31 and 32 have gained a lot of traction since they were published a couple of years ago. And I really hope it inspired you to start keeping a budget for yourself. And before we sign off, I wanted to share with you what my updated categories are going to be for 2024. They haven't changed much, but it's been a couple of years since I shared episode 31 and 32 going over what my categories are. Um, We've added a third baby since then and a few things have shifted, um, but it's pretty much the same. But I I thought I still thought it would be fun to share with you guys. All right. So starting with our fixed expenses, we have, um, Number one, our mortgage. Number two, our kids' preschool tuition. Number three, life insurance. Number four, other insurance, such as car and personal property. Number five, the internet bill. Number six, um, cell phones. Number seven, medical, um, just because the family physician that we see is out of pocket. So I have to set aside some money for that, um, you know, for random visits. Number eight, the electric bill. Number nine, the gas bill. <laughs> Number 10, the water and sewer bill. Number 11, trash and recycling. Number 12, home maintenance, you know, visits and repairs and what have you um, from different vendors and contractors. And then for our living expenses, um, here are the following categories. Groceries, number one, number two, household supplies like toilet paper, paper towels, um, cleaning supplies, what have you. Number three, toiletries, um, so everyone's shampoo and toothpaste and pull-ups and whatever. Number four, eating out um, and coffee. you know, those $6 coffee dates I was talking about. Uh, Number five, gas and parking for the car. Number six, I like to have a little hosting category. So I set aside $100 every month because we always have a visitor from out of town staying with us at least once a month. And you know, it's extra groceries or an extra meal out here or there. Um, And just, you know, whatever. So I I like to have a hosting category. Number seven, uh, one for the cats. You know, they're their food and their litter and their flea collars. Number eight, kids' toys, gear, and outings. So this is sort of like a catch-all category for the kids. Just anything that I need that's like kid-related or like an activity that we're doing together. Um, I could break that category down a little bit more, but just keeping you know a little bit of money aside for them. I mean, it rolls over because I don't always spend it every month. Number nine, clothing, same thing. I just set aside a hundred something dollars every month. It usually rolls over and builds up. So when I do spend a couple hundred dollars at a time, I, you know, have the funds covered. Um, I same I do the same for my husband and myself. I have like a little pot of money, so if I want to get a manicure or he needs to get like I don't know what like Alex stuff, it's there's money there. Um, my next category are gifts for friends and family. There's always a birthday party or a new baby that was recently born or a wedding or just whatever. It's just nice to have a little pot of money to spend on other people that we love. I have a small category for books, even though I'm trying really hard to utilize the library as much as possible um, or buy secondhand books and not spend like a ton of money every month on books. I have um, a little pot of money I like to set aside for babysitting, uh, haircuts, monthly memberships, like for the gym um, to host this podcast. Um, I think I pay like a dollar for Apple for storage um, and what have you. We have a little pot of money that I like to set aside for our date nights that we go on. We're really trying to go once a month. Um, It's been really fun. And then I have a pot of money that I like to build up for big ticket items, just like random things that we need. Um, I don't know, like 
I just like we we just purchased this house and there's like always something new to buy so it's nice just to have a pot of money to set aside for that and then for my sinking funds I really tried to clean them up this year so they are as follows um an emergency vet fund um because you never know when someone will eat a full bird and like it'll get lodged in a weird way and you know emergency surgery or cats are indoor outdoor you like literally never know what they are going to get up to um costco will never let that go um missouri botanical garden I desperately need a new MacBook. Um, I don't know why. It's like less than 10 years old, but it is hanging on by a thread at this point. So um, having that pot of money set aside was really nice. I have a sinking fund for oil changes and just random car maintenance that might come up. Um, And then I have another sinking fund for annual subscriptions. Um, I track my period uh, with the Clue app. It's about $40 a year. Um, Just other random memberships. Uh, My husband is a subscriber to a physics magazine that gets billed like a hundred something dollars once a year. So again, it's nice to have a sinking fund for that. Um, our family photography and yearbook, uh, we get our photos taken once a year by our lovely photographer, Laura Stansberry. And I like to order a family yearbook at the start of the year. And so having that money set aside, um, and just letting a sinking fund build up throughout the year is great. So I'm not spending $600 just, you know, randomly once, um, cause again, it's just easier to save that in a sinking fund. Uh, and then I have another one for holidays and gifts, uh, again, just around the holiday time, um, just to help, uh, with the meals. Cause again, we typically host and it's a lot of money to put on like five different huge meals every year. Um, again, groceries. So just again, setting aside a pot of money for that and gifts and shipping and what have you. And then the last sinking fund I have uh, are family adventures. When we go and travel and take like little road trips and, um, do our traveling. So yeah, those are sort of, uh, the categories that I'm happy and comfortable with. We have nothing huge coming up in the next year. I would really like to have a baby this upcoming year, but you know, who knows when that'll be. Um, but we're not planning anything huge. And so, you know, just keeping it simple. We, you know, already did the big hard part this year, which was buying the house. Just have to like finish decorating it. And, uh, that's kind of all I have for sinking funds. So thank you guys for tuning in. This is a long episode. Um, I hope you stuck around to the end and I will see you back here next week and happy budgeting.